You're listening to Episode 3, Bluebirds. In the USA, everybody is pursuing happiness, almost as if it is their job. Why is this? And how are you doing on the happiness scale? Has the bluebird of happiness been visiting your life? How can we achieve this? Let's find out today on Bluebirds. Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, this is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests, deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. Happiness is big business in America. In fact, we think it is our God-given right. The Declaration of Independence pronounces that our mission statement as a country is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Isn't that funny? Here's something else. It's different in different countries. Popular speaker Tony Campolo says that while most Japanese parents would say that they want their children to be successful... Most Americans, when asked what they want for their children, will sigh and say, I just want them to be happy. Most of us would like to be happy all the time, and we will go to great lengths to ensure that the bluebird of happiness sits on our shoulder. We change our spouses or jobs or homes. We get our thighs sucked, our tummies tucked, and faces lifted. We shop till we drop. We overindulge at the table. And we fill our glasses one too many times. How do I know this? Because I am guilty of some of these, and others I frequently consider. All of our social media, the TV shows, the articles, the books, seem to convey the same message. If we marry the right person, or if we just get the right job, if our children would do the right thing, if we could move to a bigger home, lose that weight, we would find happiness. It's ironic to me that we're all chasing this land of never-never, this Atlantis called happiness. I find it ironic because we're living in one of the most prosperous nations in the world, yet our whole culture is set up that in order to maintain the economy, people have to keep buying things. Think about that. That's the main point of capitalism. Okay, I'm not going to go on a rant about this, but (laughs) in order for the economy to keep going, people have to keep buying things and more and more things. So we are fed the lie from magazines and radio and TV that we don't possess enough talent, we aren't attractive enough, and we don't have enough stuff. 
I know this because I used to work in advertising. And every ad campaign we thought of started out with creating the perception of need that only our product could fill. So like gerbils on an exercise wheel, we can never reach this destination or fill this grand canyon of need. I saved a greeting card I bought years ago. I never gave it to anyone because I felt like the message was for me. Me, who constantly compared what I had to what others had, and I always found myself lacking. It was a quotation from Abraham Lincoln. It said, Most people are as happy as they make up their minds to be. I like this quotation because it points out that the state of happiness isn't something that we can run after, hoping it descends upon us. It's a state of mind we choose. We can choose to be content with what we have and who we are. Did you know that the Journal of Happiness Studies, edited by a professor in Rotterdam, Netherlands, said that the single most important factor in someone's state of happiness is close ties with friends and family? Wealth did not matter as much as this factor. Climate or country did not matter as much either. So establishing close ties with family and friends doesn't always happen easily. It takes work, and many times it's a choice. Ask anyone on the third day of Thanksgiving vacation. It's amazing how your family members can hit your hot buttons. My mother used to have this funny needlepoint pillow on the uh, bed in her guest room, and it said, you are leaving by Sunday, aren't you? Marriage seminars also point out that love, most of the time, is a choice. It's not a feeling. I don't always feel ooey-gooey towards my husband. Sometimes, in the middle of a disagreement, I definitely don't like him. But you know what? We're committed to each other. People sometimes ask us, you know, oh, how did you find each other? You have such a good marriage. They have this erroneous belief that there's a lot of love in our marriage because we just happen to have found the right person. I think that's the biggest lie about love, that somewhere out there is that one perfect person. No, you make a relationship work by your choices. And it's also about willing to drop your pride and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you were right. Oh, and P.S., those are the eight best words if you want to have... Um, Oh, how do I say this? Sweet evenings with your spouse. You have to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, you were right. <laughs> we find it works magically every time. These kind of choices puts the other person first. And they include things like don't compare your spouse unfavorably with somebody else's spouse. Don't compare your home, your situation, your job, your kids unfavorably with what somebody else has. You know what Solomon said? He talked about happiness, too. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, To enjoy your work and to accept your lot in life, that is indeed a gift from God. The person who does that will not need to look back with sorrow on his past, for God gives him joy. That's Ecclesiastes 5, verse 20. This is also in First Timothy. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. This is just the opposite message that we are getting from the world around us, which is, what you don't have will make us happy. Go for it. Just do it. 
And these scriptures are telling us that happiness is choosing to enjoy what we have and be thankful for it. Here's something fascinating I discovered about pursuing happiness. A friend of mine was in, uh, and I don't think it was Overeaters Anonymous, it was something anonymous. Anyways, I went with her to her meeting, and it was a 12-step meeting. I found it so fascinating that people would stand up and talk about who they were and what their struggles were. But at the same time, I noticed people at these meetings who were genuinely happy. And it didn't matter whether their spouse was a falling down drunk or, you know, all the issues that people have in their lives, the addictions, cutting themselves, whatever. So many of these people had found happiness despite their circumstances. They had decided that those items that they could not change were not going to determine whether or not they had joy that day. And I found that fascinating. And when we look at what we're taught in scripture, I'm thinking, well, shouldn't all Christians have this happiness arsenal in our backpacks as well? Shouldn't we be able to achieve this state of mind. I mean, Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but I've overcome the world. So why are we so dependent on our circumstances for happiness? I love what Anne Lamott says in one of her books. She talks about a friend of hers named Paul. He's in his 80s, and he has the right outlook on life. He says, I try to enjoy life the way it is, because that's the way it's going to be anyway. (laughs) How different this approach is from my usual response of anger and power struggles to try to change things to my liking. I easily fall into the trap of thinking, it's not fair, I don't have things when other, less responsible women do. My girlfriend um, struggles with thinking, it's not fair, others have a home when we are stuck in this tiny apartment, we would use it for serving others. Since we both struggle with this comparison problem, I posted the following words in my bathroom, where I would see them often. It's the recipe for contentment from a missionary who knew hard times. These words help me from lapsing into that mistaken sense of entitlement that I should have this. It's my right. Everyone else does. And it points my chooser in the right direction. They are from E.B. Poussey. P-U-S-E-Y. Not sure how to say that. But here they are. There are five tips. One, never allow yourself to complain about anything, not even the weather. Number two, never picture yourself in any other circumstances or anywhere else. Number three, never compare your lot with another's. Number four, never allow yourself to wish this or that had been otherwise. Number five, Never dwell on tomorrow. Remember that tomorrow is God's, not ours. Now, I'll admit that sometimes I look at this list and think, you've got to be kidding me. And they seem impossible and kind of extreme. But you know what? I notice on days when I'm counting my blessings, enjoying the gifts of friendship, good health, and loving others, I'm happy. It's not a result of anything I purchased or achieved, or a place I traveled to. It's just the result of right choices. So now we know how to have the bluebird of happiness visiting our souls. What about our yards? How do we get the bluebird of happiness to visit our yards? 
Well, there are special Bluebird boxes. Some people think you can just go to Michael's or, I mean, I love Michael's and craft stores, but you can't just grab any old birding nest box and think, okay, this will work. Any bird can do this. Most of these nest boxes are really just for decoration. They're for painting. The holes are way too big, and you're going to get bigger, more aggressive birds nesting in there. And a bluebird box has specific measurements that are conducive that only bluebirds will use. For example, there will be no perch outside that box. Bluebirds want uh, a box that doesn't have that because other birds like that, and then they'll hang out there and reach in and try to get their babies. So you want a nesting box that has specific dimensions, a specific depth. There's no perch on the outside. So how can we find this? Well, you can learn all about this in this book called The Bluebird Book, The Complete Guide to Attracting Bluebirds. It's by the Stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S. It's a husband and wife team, and they put together really great birding books. You can also go to the National Bluebird Society website, www.nabluebirdsociety.org. Now, once you have these nest boxes for the bluebirds, the other thing that you can do with them to encourage bluebirds to visit your area is to have a bluebird trail. Researchers have discovered that bluebirds like to hang out in community. So if you put several nest boxes together, like 50 to 100 yards apart, you will then encourage bluebirds to come visit your area. You can learn more about this in the Stokes book or at the Bluebird Society website that I mentioned. But it's really fun to watch these flashes of blue fluttering about. My sister has this. She's mounted several bluebird boxes on her um, property. And it's just so fun to watch them flitting about from box to box. And you will also learn how and where to place your nest nest boxes. Like you don't want to put them towards a full sun most of the day. So they tell you which direction to face them. Also, you don't want them. Lots of times I see people putting their nest boxes on a fence. Well, that's really great for a raccoon or a snake to just crawl right up, go reach in there and grab the babies. So you also need to learn where to place these nest boxes. But you don't have to have a trail to encourage the bluebird of happiness. Just provide the right environment. So in the summer, bluebirds need bluebird houses. So look at the Stokes book for that. And they need lots of insects. I don't know if you've heard about it, but there's like an insectageddon going on where the insects, the mosquitoes, the flies, the grasshoppers, the bugs, the dragonflies, they're being decimated. There's like It used to be when you drove around in the summer, your windshield on your car would be splattered with bugs. That's not happening anymore, and that's not a good thing. Because birds and snakes and critters, you know, you you need this for the full circle of life. The, The chain of food, the food chain, the whole web of life in the animal kingdom, that's not good. We need insects. And so why are they disappearing? probably pesticides. So if you want to encourage bluebirds who need insects, stop spraying your yard with insecticides. Stop using Roundup. Stop using those sort of things. You don't need them. The other thing that bluebirds like are low vegetation. So they like to perch like on a little bush near the bird feeder. Now, if you want to feed them, they cannot resist mealyworms. And you can buy mealyworms probably on Amazon. I haven't looked. But your local wild bird store, sometimes hardware stores, like in Wisconsin, our local hardware store had bait and um, things like that. So maybe you can get mealy worms at uh, your local hardware store. 
Bluebirds cannot resist mealyworms. They love them. Um, also, they like berry-producing trees and shrubs. So any shrub or tree you produce that has berries, bluebirds love that. Your local nursery will know what grows well in your area. So why do we work so hard to create the conditions for the bluebirds to visit our yards? Bluebirds have long been associated with good luck and happiness. Henry David Thoreau said, The bluebird carries the sky on his back. A lot of greeting cards start out with, May the bluebird of happiness, dot dot dot. And in the movie The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy sings about a better place she'd like to escape to, over the rainbow where dreams come true and a place where bluebirds fly. I've felt like that at times when I'm worried about home finances and projects and my son and things going on in the world and pollution. Oh, and P.S., the you know, polar bears are starving and there's plastic in the oceans and all that stuff that just makes me want to put my head under a pillow. Yeah, I want to go over the rainbow to a place where bluebirds fly. This is a lie when we think that it's always better elsewhere. When we start to believe... Our friends' lives all look simpler and happier, their homes are cleaner, their bodies are trimmer, and we have to remember not to swallow the lie that everybody else is happier than you are. For some people, this may or may not be true, but it's probably not due to what those people possess compared to what you think you lack. So now you know how to have the right materials, the right bluebird boxes, the right shrubs, the right food that bluebirds love, and how to encourage a bluebird of happiness to visit your yard. But even more importantly, you know how to have the bluebird of happiness on your shoulder. And when people say, oh, you're so lucky, or you seem so happy, you can say, luck has nothing to do with it. I chose to have this, and so can you. Thanks so much for taking time to learn about bluebirds today. I will have all of these recommendations and book suggestions about how to build a bluebird box, where to buy them, what kind of food they like, um, all these sort of things I will have on the website lauriekaylor.com forward slash bluebirds and you can read the show notes there. Hey, can you do me a favor? Please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really makes a difference for podcasters. And I know that Apple kind of makes this confusing. Some people can't find their way there. So I'll have instructions on the webpage for this episode. That's lauriekaylor.com forward slash bluebirds. And you can learn how to leave a review. It really makes a difference and it would be extremely helpful. Thank you. Don't forget to visit the website and learn how to find the right bluebird box, how to build a bluebird trail, and what kind of food they enjoy so you can have the bluebird of happiness in your yard and in your heart. See you next time.